Hey everyone, welcome to Gadget Talk, the creative gadget cast show here on the Geocache Talk Network. Thank you for joining us. And tonight we have a special guest with us. As you can see, he's already on here. It's Rumba Cats, and we're going to be going into some really cool... Uh, we're going to try and stump him tonight, or he's going to stump us tonight with some stuff <laughs> and then maybe some rocks. Um, but also joining with us, of course, as always, is Bounce Bounce, or better known as Chad. Yes. Hey, Chad, how are you doing tonight? Good. How about you, Derek? Thanks for uh, introducing <laughs> us there. Good no problem. Um, yeah, tonight, I'm so excited about tonight. Um, yes, we these stumps, you know, I've been looking forward to this show for a while, the stump and the rock. Um, I've seen the pictures of these. They're amazing. So, you know, I, I think this would be, this is going to be awesome. So, really excited. Right. right. But yeah, before we get in, thanks, thanks for being here with us. Uh -huh. But before we get into that, we got to do take care of our sponsors real quick. So we're going to go ahead and take care of that. If you'd like to become a patron, click on the Become a Patron link on the front page of the Geocache Talk website or head over to patreon.com forward slash Geocache Talk for more details. Patrons get the now famous blackout coins and other geocaching items during the year. Support levels start as low as the Bison Tube level, which is only $3 a month. Logwork, the creators of the fantastic logbook made with genuine right-in-the-rain paper, the logbook's designed for the micro-containers of the present and future, geared towards the hider who'd rather go caching than doing cache maintenance. Find them at logwork.com. That's L-O-G-W-E-R-K.com. All right, now that's taken care of. Now we get to have fun. Yes, <laughs> but real quick first before we jump into... To looking at these uh, stumps last week uh, at the end of the show I mentioned uh, I would show one of the builds that I did with that container we made last week and uh, so um, real quick here let's just pop onto this camera um, we made the, uh, the the ammo can acrylic containers last week um, this is a, a key station kind of like what I mentioned sorry that's backwards um, there so it's labeled like every geocache should be uh, when you open it up, it, it's your pretty standard key station. It tells you right here that you need to put it up there, uh, find the correct key to access the logbook. Um, and then here you have, obviously, the acrylic box uh, that we made last week. All I did on this box was I actually just I built it and took it to the table saw and actually just set the fence and cut it around and added a new front to it. So. Uh, pretty simple. And then I, I actually, if I would have done it in half, I would have two acrylic boxes for an ammo can. So, again, have the keys in here on a uh, cable. Um, and you'd have to find the right key. Uh, there's a little red herring to this one. So, none of the keys actually fit the the lock. So, you got to find the right <laughs> key. So, on this one here, the right key is actually, if you pull off the logo or the, the instruction book and you run it along front, it actually opens up with an RFID card reader and that's how you get to the logbook. So real quick, I mentioned last week that I would show that. So that is done. If you have any questions about that, uh, let me know. Uh, and we can send you any links to any parts or anything you may need. And now we can go back to Doug and get going on this awesome build. And that's absolutely evil. Now, before we get going, we had a question. This kind of runs over to the last, last uh, geocache talk. If you make a fake rock so heavy that you need a lever to access the log, does that make it a gadget cache? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think it's officially a gadget cache. Yeah. Yes. 
I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna show you a rock. It's about two feet in diameter. It's a it's a fake rock, but uh, I, I actually am using it uh, in a couple of spots. So yeah, That's it's awesome. pretty heavy. Yeah. Right. So so one thing I've I've found while I'm so I love to make gadget caches, but I don't like losing them <laughs> to muggles. And so I thought, how could I hide these gadget caches and and make them concealed? And so one thing I realized is concealment is king. You have to actually hide it in the, and make it look like something that belongs there, uh, especially where I'm at. I, I live in a high desert, which is uh, it's in Southern California. Where I'm not that far from Los Angeles, but yeah, there's not a lot of trees uh, around here, so I have to figure out a way of hiding my gadget caches. And the way I do that is making fake rocks. So this is very much, this actually, it came from a real rock. Uh, as you can see, it's actually hollow and behind it. It's made out of cement. Uh, this is actually concrete, cost me about three bucks. And I'm going to teach you, one, how to make fake rocks like this so you can hide your caches underneath there you can actually hide an ammo can under here and number two is how to make fake rocks or i mean stumps <laughs> so you can see this looks like a regular stump i've got this one just like this right now it's right next to a thoroughfare no one's actually discovered it uh, it's a travel bug hotel and inside it uh uh, there, inside the lid, inside this travel bug hotel is a, a container like this. Let's see, Let's see what I do with it. <laughs> Anyways, there's a container that, that fits down in here and actually just drops right down in here. So you can see this is empty, right? So. Okay, so this is a great way to hide something. And how did I get a concrete stump? This is made out of concrete. And PVC tubing, uh, it's about six inches in diameter. So I'm going to teach you how to make one of these. And I think you'll really find it interesting, especially if you're a maker like me, somebody who just loves to make things and, you know, kind of likes to just, you know, make it look like it belongs. I mean, I just I get no bigger thrill than that. And so I've, I just love to make stuff. And so that actually came from another log. So... Uh, I had to make my own stump first. And so I'm going to talk, I'm going to tell you about how to make a stump, uh, as the, as the first thing before I go into rocks, but well, let me go back to rocks real quick. So you can make, you don't have to make really big rocks like this. You can make much smaller rocks. And so if you find a rock you want to make, I mean, look at this little guy right here. So this little, little piece of PVC piping under here and you could unscrew it. And so I use this as a spoiler. Uh, if I have a really hard cache, I wanna make sure somebody finds my cache, but also is able to solve it if I have a gadget cache. So I will put one of these real close by uh, so that uh, if they can't figure it out, they can still find this baseball rock sized rock and there's actually a geocaching logo that's kind of designed right into the surface of the rock so they can spot it. So some of my, my really difficult geocaches, I want to make sure they go home and have a good time. I don't want them to leave and have to come back and find it. So I'll say, hey, go, you know, 20 feet north 
and look for a baseball-sized rock, this is what you'll find. This will help you find the cache. So there's all kinds of rocks that uh, I've made. This is one of the first ones I made. Uh, it's, it's a rock. It has a little geocaching logo right here. I don't know if you can see it. Uh, but, you know, I have little teeny rocks. But if you have a rock, that's all, and you need some, some you need to hide something, something small like this. Or, or if you have a decorative rock garden somewhere, it could be in the middle, well, not in the middle of the highway, but if somewhere that you want to hide something, you can also make a rock just, it looks exactly like one of the other rocks. And you can see this one. This is, this was a, a decorative hide that I found and it was just in a supermarket. And there was just a bunch of other rocks exactly like this one. This has right here, and if you can kind of see it, it's just a, a Tupperware in there. So I just pushed it down in there, let it harden, and it looked just like the other locks, rocks. And I even put a little geocaching logo on here. One of the first rocks I ever made. So anyways, it doesn't have to be a big rock. It can be a little rock. I would start with that just, just to let you know, and you can, you can try all kinds of things. Uh, it, in fact, they're so convincing when you use a real rock from the area you're in, you'll probably set it down, turn around, and you'll lose it. And that was what happened to me on the first, one of the first ones I thought, that's a bad idea, you know, because if I can't even find it, neither are they. But they still found it. It was amazing. So anyways, back to the stump. All right. So I'm going to talk to you about how to make a stump. So... So I've got some pictures that I'm going to show you. And um, so that looks like a real stump right there, right? Okay, so how did I do it? So one of the first things I did was I needed to make my own stump. Now, being kind of a creative uh, Mickey guy that I am, I decided that uh, rather than try to find one, because I couldn't find one anywhere that I really liked, that I needed about this dimension right here. So I went and I created my own. So... Uh, Derek, if you could kind of, if you could show us like stump, uh, picture number one, let's take a look at that. To the one with the pledge. There we go. So this oh. is, this is a picture of one of the stumps that I made. This is the one I have out there right now. Um, so go to the next one there. Okay. So keep going. Okay. 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 We're back. So let's, this is a, this is the rocks right here. So, um, yeah, that's that's where we started off on that. Which part are you wanting to show? I only oh, wait, have those oh, other wait, wait. This, okay, this is the stump. Yeah, this is this is great. Okay, so uh, this is a mold that I made from making the actual stump. So what I did is, so go ahead. And so what I did is I created my own stump. I took a piece of PVC tubing, just like this, is six inches. I took some some paper mache and I started making kind of like a, a, a surrounding for this. I, I created these little lobes that you would typically see on a tree stump. Uh, and then I covered it with uh, real bark that I found. So I found a, a rotting logs and I could just pull the bark right off of them. And I glued it on with, uh, with uh, hot glue. And, and so once I did that, I could use some uh, latex that I could put on there and I could create a stump. And so let me show you what that looks like. So after I created this stump, uh, I made this mold. So this is the mold. And there's actually a part that I have not removed out here from here. I'm going to show you how to do it. 
So uh, this is the first time I've actually pulled this mold off of this, this stump. So it might take a second. It's really stuck. So you can see that this mold has created the same. Because there's so many little nooks and crannies on here, it doesn't want to come off easily. But you can see that I just made a duplicate of this stump that I was starting out with. If I can get the last bit of it off. There we go. So there's the mold. All right. That's the mold right there. So it once you get this part of it, it is so easy to make another stump. And so you can just keep making a whole bunch of them. And so that's the hardest part of getting to this point right here. Now, Doug, on the picture that we saw earlier, you had the pledge. Now, what, what do you use the pledge for? So the pledge is actually a, a release agent. And so it works really good to, so that, that helped me take this off. And so if you actually spray, spray, ugh, spray wax onto the mold before you pour the concrete into it, it'll help come off quite a lot easier. And that's, that's one of the little tips and tricks that I wanted to share with you uh, when you're making a stump. And so um, I started out with a stump, like, like I said. Uh, so now I use something called liquid latex. Let me uh, put this somewhere. So liquid latex is something you can purchase online. Uh, it's used for mold making. Uh, as you can see, it's uh, it takes a couple of layers to put on here. Um, and so you take, it's about the consistency of uh, clam chowder, I guess. I'm trying to think of a good example for frosting. And uh, you could, it, so basically it's kind of the same color as this. Uh, and you just put it all over the, the stump if you find one that you want to make and just keep putting it on till it's a good thickness and then you can pull it off and then you can keep casting a whole bunch of stumps just like it. So how, how long does it take it to dry? Uh, so you want to put on about six layers. So it takes about, depending on how warm of a day it is, it takes about an hour or so to dry and then put on a I just put on rubber gloves and I just put it on with my hands and just smear it around. And that really helps. And so this stuff is stuff you can buy online. It's called liquid latex mold making material. I get mine from Silpak. That's here. It's in, it's in Burbank. It's pretty close by. And this is what we use to, uh, to make these molds. And so I have always, there's something new out there that I've seen. And it is using a silicone culking material. Uh, and they use uh, soapy water to kind of create this this uh, nonstick uh, ball of of liquid uh, late or liquid uh, silicone, and I've seen rocks made out of it. I've always wanted to try it, but I've never done it. So uh, I was I would like to to try it and, and see if I can do it. I think it's probably a little cheaper, not by much. This is about thirty bucks right here, and you can make a lot of parts for this. Well, that's not bad for a mold that you can use over and over and over. Not bad at all. Yeah. No. And so, uh, so after, so I wanted to, so go ahead and show some of the pictures and we'll go into the rocks. Okay. So here's the next one. So what I'm using is something called plastic cement. Plastic cement is just the cement 
it doesn't have rocks or but it creates a very good material for uh for making these uh concrete uh, molds and so it comes out actually once you mix it up and it gets really creamy and you can pour it into the mold and it'll take that shape really well so definitely use that i mean if you if you want to use so much rocks in it uh, it works as long as the rocks aren't too big, but the best way to do it is to use that, just the straight uh, plastic cement. I don't know why it's called plastic, but uh, it's uh, that's what I use right there. It doesn't have any rocks in it. Now, and how much does that bag cost? That's about three bucks. Yeah, and that's like a 90-pound bag. Wow. It's, uh, <laughs> it's really inexpensive to, to make these things. Okay. And so I've made a lot of them. So one thing that I use, and you can see, is that once I've mixed up the cement, is I'll add some chopped fiber. So this is just fiberglass. I'll put a, a kind of a handful uh, of glass in there. You can buy this online as well. This is like one inch long chopped fiber uh, fiberglass. And what this does is it adds a lot of strength to, to the cement. So once it dries, you, you won't have to worry about it cracking or, uh, or splitting or anything like that. And it really helps to keep it all together because sometimes I've had some of my stumps have actually been picked up and flipped around and, and they take a lot of abuse. And as long as I can keep them from cracking and everything like that, they'll last a really long time. Nice. Now, um, real quick here, Doug, uh, Peter brought up a uh, question, uh, a point here on the uh, brushing when you're putting in the silicone, it sounds like, um, or when you're brushing it on, uh -huh. the, get the, uh, Stipple the brush will help get the rubber into the details of the wood, and it also helps push out the air bubbles. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's a great way to do it. Uh, that's that's how I did it. Uh, that's one of the best ways. So basically, get it into everything. That's the best way to start out, and you're going to get the best detail if you do it that way. So that's a really good idea. And then I'll just slather it on with uh, with my gloves. So I'm just not afraid. Just go in there and just just you know put it on there. Yeah. And so, um, so we mix up the cement. So when I'm when I'm pouring the mold for the uh, for the stumps, I want it to be fairly runny, uh, like the consistency of I'm trying to think of like a you'll play yogurt, I guess. It's something you could pour, and because you're going to be lowering uh, this this uh, PVC pipe down into the mold, and so you want it to just kind of push aside. So go ahead and take a look at the next picture. And so, oh, this is, so we're back at the rocks. Okay, so this, so we're making them. So this is actually not for the stump. This is, uh, this is for the, for the, so go to the, let's see, go to the next picture. Let me see if there's a stump the, in there. The next picture's of you rolling it out. Oh, okay. All right. So let's, so let's go to, uh, is there a, is there a blue tube in there? No, I don't see a blue tube one on this one. Oh, okay. All right, so let's go to the rocks then. All right, so kind of the same way that we make the stumps, we make the rocks. And so, oh, hang on one second. So if you have any questions, go ahead and put those in the chat right now. Um, and we'll see those and we'll get to those as well. Um, Chad, I'm just, this is really cool. I, this is making me really want to be able to do some of the, more of these um these different types of caches. What about you? They're fun. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd love to, to get one done. I don't know about how do you want, I do have a question for you and I was going to wait, uh -huh. but 
So in between, you said you had that stump that hasn't been found. Are you talking about by a cashier or by a muggle? By a muggle, yeah. Oh, okay. This, is, this okay. has been so effective at hiding these things that, uh, and everybody knows a Rubicat rock. That's <laughs> another one of those Rubicat rocks. Uh, there was one time where I actually used a, a smaller rock to hide a cache, and uh, it, it kind of threw them a little bit because there, there's so many of them uh, that they recognize them instantly. But that's the great thing about a gadget cache. Easy to find, a little harder to get into. But it's like a beacon. They'll see it automatically. And I've actually had people running straight for a rock knowing that's where my gadget cache was. So it's, it's really great. It fools everybody, but caches who knows what a Rima cat rocks looks like. That's right. great. I heard a story from West Virginia, Tim, about yeah. a birdhouse, right? <laughs> he had a birdhouse. Great. There was a birdhouse somewhere, and then he had a, a basic, a simple cache, I think it was, right? Under, by I think tree. so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, something like that. People go straight to the birdhouse, and that's not <laughs> They don't even look at the, the coordinates, and they're like 100 yards off by where they're standing because that's not it. That's He actually put that out there as a red herring, the birdhouse. Well, that's great. You get, you get tunnel vision, right? You see it, and you're like, oh, that's it. That's West Virginia Tim's birdhouse. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had somebody literally just go sprinting towards it. I was helping them find some some of my gadget caches. And so they caught on real quick that if, it, if there's a rock out there about this size, that's where it is. Yeah. And so Dan, Dan did ask a quick question here. Uh, will you please post us supply list in the show notes? Yes, we have already talked about that. We will have it up here um, soon in the next couple of days. Right. Yeah. So this is a, this is a rock that I've never, that's still in the mold. I'm going to pull it out right now and I kind of show you what the mold is. You'll see you see some of this 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 stuff. It's kind of weird. That's actually not latex. That's actually spray foam uh, insulation. Uh, you can buy this at, at pretty much, and I'll tell you why in just a second. Why I put it out there. In fact, I'll show you why. So, let's see if I can. Oh, that was actually easy. <laughs> hey, that's the magic of using a. Uh, uh, black or liquid flesh so you can see my mold here so um so this was cast off of a real rock you can kind of see the uh what it's like and that's the latex you're seeing right there in the surface of the rock came off pretty easy but on the outside so one of the one of the troubles i've been having when i first started making these is how do i get it so that when i put some heavy cement into this thing and i make pan i started out making pancakes with it and we saw some pictures there. So we'd lay this in there and it would start to sag and droop and it wanted to move. Uh, and I was just, so typically what they use is fiberglass uh, like backs on it. So that it would fit the mold kind of thing so that it doesn't move too much and you get, uh, but I didn't want to go through that much trouble. So what I did is after I made the mold, I sprayed it with this, this foam insulation. You can, you can kind of see it kind of looks like a brain kind of thing and you can see it but the great thing about this stuff and this is one of the great tips and tricks is that it's really flexible and it stays on there and so it it's really great because you don't have to have a lot of materials or equipment to to make these so if you you spray it with this it'll it'll hold its shape well enough uh after you take it off of the rock or you put it on put it on while it's the mold is still on the original rock and you can pull it off and you'll get something like this. It'll keep its shape. And so that when you can put an ammo can underneath your, your next rock or anything, 
it works great. So I just wanted to share that. That's This is one of the best ideas I've had so far when it comes to Roomba Cat rocks. So, yeah, I was just about to ask when you did the foam if it was on the on the rock itself when you did that, or did you do it after and you answered it right when right yeah. before I was going to ask it. Yeah, right no, that, yeah. This stuff great. is that's great. It, it's flexible and is and it stays on there. This stuff sticks to everything, so it's really good. So that so I would have thought that this the so spray foam a, would have uh, broken off, right? Because it usually gets hard and and stiff, and I would have thought that the flexing of it would have would have broken it or made it crack, but evidently it yeah, doesn't. Believe it or not. Yeah. That's what I was expecting too, but it stayed that, that mold is a couple of years old and oh, wow. it's still really flexible. Yeah. It's amazing. So I just go around it in like a, like a, a circle and just start adding it to it and, and it keeps its shape really well. So if you want to make molds that are big, uh, room, room, cat rock molds, you know, that you can hide ammo cans under there. That's a good way to do it. It really helps. Hey, this came out pretty good. This is the first time I've seen it since uh, it came out of the mold. That's, that looks like a real rock. Yeah. So, uh, Para Rabbit has. Do you do you brush dish soap on the rock before you um, before brushing on the latex as a release agent? You. I what think do you do? You can, I think that would actually work. Um, what I use instead is the pledge. So I would just right. spray it with the, the with the wax. Let it dry. And it makes a really nice film on the, the actual rock that you're molding, uh, taking the mold from, and it'll make it so much easier. Uh, otherwise, the latex sticks to it kind of, not not super well. You can still remove it, but um, it makes it so much easier to remove. And you don't have to worry about any part of that latex st staying behind on there and creating a hole or anything like that. But make sure you use three or four uh, coats to make sure that... Uh, when that that comes off, that it's gonna it's going to come out in a in a nice, nice solid mold. Okay. So awesome, yeah. So there's like I said, you can make any size uh, rock. So if you want to start out with some smaller rocks, I would do that. Uh, there are videos online on YouTube that use the silicone mold method, and so they end up taking uh, dish soap in a in a bucket, I guess. Uh, and water, and they just kind of drizzle this uh, silicone into it with a with a caulking gun, and they just kind of like toss it around into a ball, with, and then just let it form. Like I said, I'd love to try that. I haven't tried that yet, uh, but uh, I'm sure it works. In fact, I know somebody who did do it, and that rock came out amazing. Hmm, that's cool. I'd like to see that. So um, we'll look for links as well for some of those and we'll have those in the show notes when we get them up in the next day or so. Yeah. Awesome. So that's, uh, those are the rocks. So I'm going to show you my biggest rock. Be right back. All right. Okay. So, uh, we'll have to get to some of the questions here, Hugh, uh, when he gets back on, on some of okay. these. So like to go over, uh, painting as well. Right. Or however you finished. Oh, them yeah. Off. Right. Yeah. All right. So, okay. So this is, this is my biggest mold right here. You can see how big this is. Uh, it actually hides a couple of caches that I have that are pretty big. Uh, and it works great. Uh, it's, again, it's invisible. This isn't a challenge to go find it, uh, you know, and, and, uh, and muggle my caches. But if, uh, here in Southern California, these work great. You can see how big this is. It's about two feet, two feet in diameter. I just found this rock out in the wilderness and decided to take a mold of it. 
Uh, when you take the latex off of it, uh, it doesn't leave anything behind. So uh, it, it works great. Uh, you don't have to worry about that too much. And so here's, <laughs> so here's, here's the rock. You can see how big it is. Well, have you ever had anybody message you and said, we were sitting on this big rock and then we'd realize that we we're sitting on the, the, what was hiding the actual cash. <laughs> Actually, I have, uh, everyone has kind of figured out, uh, in, in my uh, description, I'll say you're looking, uh, you're looking for a very large rock, and, and it's under the rock. So I don't want to make it too hard to find, but they do sit on it to solve the problems. And so uh, early on, I learned that uh, that's one of the reasons I need to make them as strong as possible. You can see this rock right here. It's about three quarters of an inch thick. That's pretty thick. That, that isn't right there, but uh, as a whole, it's pretty thick. And the reason I, I make it that heavy and add the, uh, add the chopped fibers to it is because when they put it back, sometimes they'll stand on it to kind of pack it down uh, so that the, the edge of the uh, rock line is, is submerged in the sand. And so I just want to make these as beefy as possible. That way I don't have to go out and rescue it because I think a broken rock would be kind of a giveaway that there's something else underneath it. Yeah. I have had a four wheel drive rub, go right over one and not, not break the rock. It, that, I could see it had recently rained. There was lots of mud around and I could see a, a, it, it must've been a Jeep or something go right over the, t I could see the tread go right over uh, my rock and it still uh, stood up to that. So that's, that's another thing is just make it about anywhere from a half inch to three quarters of an inch thick. Uh, we can take, take a look at the, uh, the, the picture in there where you can see where I'm using a roller pin and I'm using, yeah, right there. So I'm using, um, oh, what's that called? The baking uh, material. It's, uh, uh, it's parchment paper. paper. Parchment paper. Yeah, that's, that stuff works really well. And so uh, this is my wife helping me. My wife actually makes way better rocks than I do. Uh, she's, she's really talented. She's a partner in crime when making uh, Roomba cats. She does a really great job. So she, so we're rolling it about three quarters of an inch thick or kind of a half inch thick in this, this end. So you can take a look at the next picture. And you can see kind of the result of that. And some of the great things about that is that you can pick it up from underneath and you can plop it right into the mold and, and form it. And so... One of the uh, problems we've had in the past is that we'll have thin spots. And so that's one of the tricks is use a rolling pin, get, it, get a nice consistent thickness to it, and, uh, and then drop it into your mold. That will really help. And then just kind of smooth it around. I don't, do we have any more pictures after sure. that? No, I don't have any more on that one. Oh, okay. So, right. real, so real quick on coloring them, um, can you add concrete uh, dye to it? Have you ever tried to add the concrete dye? Yes, uh, so uh, for for this rock right here, let's uh, so move this. About how heavy are those two? Yeah, this cool. is probably two pounds, two and a half pounds. Okay, it's not, it's not, no, it's not too bad at all. No. Uh, so this one right here was made using uh, concrete stain. It's basically a, a bottle of uh, I think it's just brown, and right. we just added it to the concrete and. So the concrete dries a very light gray. And so that color really starts to come out uh, later on. And so 
it start it starts out a little darker but it lightens up and so this, you can see there's even kind of a slight uh, redness red tint to it uh, which matches a lot of the other rocks that we have in the area so yeah definitely get some concrete uh, coloring you can get that at at your hardware store they al almost always have it in the concrete section uh, there's there's many different colors there's the buff color which is a light brown uh, there's black and uh, kind of a reddish brown and then terracotta and that kind of thing. Definitely do that. So this is this has not been painted. This is how it came out. Looks pretty good. But what I do is I study rocks. And uh, so I, that makes me a rockologist. And so I will take a look at what makes a rock look like a rock. You know, it's like, why would somebody do that? Well, there's like there. So here's one thing. There's bird poo on rocks. And so I'll take white paint and I'll drop little drops on there to make it look like a bird's been around there. Another thing is you'll see little scuffs uh, where rocks have tumbled or come been scraped. And so I'll add those uh, with paint. Uh, and I use something uh, like a dye uh, or a, a dry brush uh, paint. Uh, so basically I'll take a big paintbrush and I'll, I'll, I'll First, do a wash on it. So just kind of a running or enough to add a little bit of color, like when you're watercoloring. And then I'll take a dry brush. So I'll take some different colors and uh, and it, it won't paint like a like if you're going to paint your house. You want just slight, uh, you want it to, to uh, apply just a slight color to it. And so as you put multiple colors on there, so I'll do light brown, brown, and in some cases, black, uh, as you add layers to it, the better it looks. And so it, it generates this 3D effect uh, in that rocks don't, rocks have different colors and if they're not always symmetrical too. So that's one thing I found also is that I tried to, I, it looked like a patchwork of paint that I had added uh, just dry brushing it on. So just, you know, here, 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 that kind of thing. And you could tell there was something odd about it because that just isn't found in nature. But like something like here, you would see a, a darker color right here because it's a combination of different right. kinds of dirt kind of thing. So yes, I definitely look at rocks. I, I try to interpret how, what makes them look like a rock. And then I try to make my own rocks look just like it. Right. So uh, up in Northern California, there's a lot of lichen and moss on the rocks. How would you add that to it? Oh, that's a good one. You know, the, just my first thought is just the hobby store um, uh, train uh, train set or the real uh, the what do they call it, the scale model uh, train right. set. I would probably go and do that. Uh, that's a good question. I've never had to do that because it's it's not that wet around here. Right. But I would definitely try to do that if I lived in that kind of a, of a place. So I haven't done that, but yeah, I'd probably try paint uh, on that. Um, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, that, that would be a lot of fun to try. But yeah, yeah, that's probably what I would use. Yeah, and if you didn't mix, I think, the dye all together, right, it wouldn't have a consistent color. You actually may have some, you know, off colors. I think that'd be pretty yeah, cool. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I've got, I've got a couple of rocks out there just like that. It has actually patches of this dye around here and it looks completely natural. So what you're shooting for is realism. And so 
Sometimes you'll see uh, oxidized metals in certain rocks, and you'll see these these patches of kind of a yellow or patches of brown or areas where uh, you know different minerals react differently with with the environment, and so they will change different colors. Also, lots of lots of little black specks uh, I, I notice in these, as well as you know just uh, abrasion marks on it, and you know especially in corners and stuff like that especially when you have smaller rocks that are getting kicked around and run over by cars and, and rolled around down mountains and everything, you'll see abrasions on there and there would just be little lighter spots, especially in sharp corners and that kind of thing. So definitely pay attention to those, kind of hit those a little bit with a little bit of white uh, or a lighter color. Uh, so as if uh, it was actually scraped up a little and that sells it completely. Don't forget the bird poo. <laughs> so how do these do in forest fires? I would imagine that they would be fairly safe. They Your have. They, they survived, yes. I've had uh, two go through uh, a fire area, and uh, was, and it wasn't touched. Everything underneath it. It was black around the edges, uh, especially uh, kind of on the undercut areas. It made it look all the better because it was just a brush fire in that area. And the best part of this, this happened uh locally here not far from me and there was a homeless camp that sprung up right there next to that rock i have a picture of one of these people sitting on my rock with the geocache <laughs> beneath it uh and they have no idea that it's there but it's just because it, it looked like it had been through a, it had been through a fire it looked like it belonged and nobody was any of the wiser. They eventually moved on, so everyone was able to find that cash. But that was one of the best, one of the best compliments ever. That somebody literally lived right there, was probably putting their feet up on it, and uh, they never even noticed it. So that's some of the great things about concealment. Is that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah and adding more that. camouflage to it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah homeless yeah. people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know, people live in California, well, Oregon and Washington now, but, uh, you know, now that your cat, you have these, or if you make this, your cash has another, uh, aspect to it. It's actually fire rated, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It works great. Yeah. Yeah. All my, all my birdhouses haven't made, haven't survived it, but all my rocks, yeah, they're, they're intact completely. In fact, it makes the rocks look even better. Yeah. I'd imagine. Yeah, the more the more they're out there in the nature, the more they weather, and the more they'll look more natural too. You know that that's a really good point. When you paint your rock, maybe it won't look quite as natural as you think it is. In fact, I I put some rocks out there, and I was just like, yeah, I should have spent a little more time on that. But once they're out there for about a month or two months, they look like they completely belong. I don't know how they transform like they do, but they become part of that desert they they actually become part of that i don't know if it's just it's sand and and uh dust is infiltrating it or something but that it fades perfectly and and uh after about a month and a half it is undetectable unless you knew it was there yeah it's really amazing so would you put those actually after you make the mold before you put it out would you put it like in your backyard maybe to go ahead and get that weathering effect on it or would you just go ahead and put them out in the wild I have done that. Actually, I have a berm. It's a very steep berm. It's so steep, you can barely walk on it. But uh, I, it's full of rocks and it's full of these rocks. And so that's a really great place because they sometimes they'll get sprinkler uh, uh, spray on them, which uh, 
here we have such hard water in California that you get kind of that that water effect of the of the uh, what do they call that the the scale I think or or the lime uh, um, on it and uh, as water kind of drips from it, yeah. So what's happening is it it'll take sand out of the air and it will pool in certain areas. That's another another trick I learned. That I'm glad you brought it up. I will take a container of water about this big. I'll fill it up with water and I'll take a few drops of light brown paint, mix it up and it's really watery. I'll douse it, let it sit there for a while and let let the uh, the, the, the runny water brown kind of just sit there and pool in certain areas. That is a great way to make it look like it belongs because in nature it's pulling dust and sand out of the air and, and it's settling on the rocks and it's settling in these little in these little spots and maybe that that's probably what it is why it looks so good after being out in the desert for for a couple of times for for a couple of months i mean uh because that's what makes it look all the better yeah nature just has a way of camouflaging itself right so what is the funniest i mean you're talking about the the homeless people living on your rock and different aspects of it what would be probably one of the have you had any of your rocks get stolen or anything like that or they've all you haven't lost anything that's a good question they don't steal they'll steal the cash but they won't steal the rock <laughs> i don't know why uh i i've had in in six years i've had three caches that have been muggled and they were all in very high traffic you, you know it's just three feet from a from a sidewalk kind of thing uh but I, I find out it's missing and I'll go look for it. And the rock is still there. They, I don't know why they wouldn't want to take the rock too. They're, I mean, they're not light, but they're not that heavy. I mean, I've never had anybody say I couldn't pick it up. Uh, so, uh, and one of the, another thing that I look for in a rock is you can see this little ledge right here where my hand is. Uh, I, I try to look for something with an undercut because this really helps to flip them over. Uh, and so that really helps. Uh, one thing I've noticed, though, is uh, people will tend to uh, uh, flip the rock over. And if it's in a high traffic area, people will see that. And so one thing I've learned is just kind of move it back a little bit behind some bushes or whatever uh, out in the desert where I live. And as long as they don't see it from the road, they'll never find it. But if you're a geocacher and you're looking for a Roomba Cats rock, you'll find it right away. You'll, you'll come right up, up uh, on it. But it's kind of funny when I go out looking for my own caches to check on them and make sure they're in good shape. Uh, I will, I typically will not see my own rock uh, until I'm 20 feet from it. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I mean, they, they, they really blend in. But like I said, concealment is way better than impenetrability. Is that a word? I don't know. Yeah, I think so. And that's just really, I couldn't have said it. I'm glad you did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, concealment is king. I mean, that, that's the lesson I learned uh, right from the get-go. Oh, and this, uh, I, this, this actually is a replacement for um, a travel bug hotel that I have in Soldang, California. It's a beautiful Bavarian town. It is right next to a hole in the fence that somebody created just to, to ease moving through an area. And it is literally one foot from that hole in the fence. It gets tons of traffic, never once found. And <laughs> this isn't a challenge, but it is that convincing that, that they haven't yet found it. 
And so, uh, so it basically just has a little nail in the top of the uh, of the stump, and it has the container uh, just attached to the bottom of it. It's it's that simple. I've got another one that I'm working on right now that you go over to a rock, rotate the rock, and this goes ding. There's a little bell, a bicycle bell in there uh, with a little spring-loaded uh, latch. It's just a gate latch under there, and it pops up. And so I realized that I needed to make a bicycle bell ding because it's about 20 feet away from where the actual stump is. And if they didn't hear it ding, they might just go, hmm, and just go and just leave, you know, with it. With oh, that's open. cool. Now, yeah. on, the, on that one there, what is the lid that you have on that? Did you, is that another mold or did, was that another actual piece of wood or what is that? The first, the, so the first uh, stump I made, let me, let me show you. Sorry, that's I got to pop up just for one second. It's right here. That's a great question, Derek. That's exactly what I was thinking, the same thing. Yeah, if no, you I actually cut a piece of wood like that and you let it weather, it would crack almost yeah. like a, a, a real stump. But you'd have to enforce, I think, the bottom. Right. And so uh, this is the first stump I made. You can see that I just poured it uh, upside down. And so what I did is I left a little bit of a recess right here. And I cut a piece of, uh, of uh, a log like this, just like this one. And I glued it to the top. The only problem is over time, the weather would get to the uh, adhesive and it would start to, to come off. And so people started realizing it's like, oh, okay, that must be the cash and start yanking on this veneer that I that I'd added to the top of it. And so that's why I decided to come up with a way of making it so that uh, it would come up, the whole top would come off. And so that really helped. But you can see again, um, as, as I poured the cement into the mold, all I did is just put together a, uh, some PVC pipe and just dumped it in there. And you can see that it just comes off just like that. And you can, you can get in there. Yeah, as long as no one over tightens that. That's one of the issues I have with those. I have a couple with those lids and people yeah. over tighten them. I'm like, you don't yeah. you do a couple of threads. That's one of the problems. Yeah, people would tighten it too tight and it just wouldn't open again. Yeah, I've had one that's like that as well. So you're doing four inch. Is that four inch PVC you're using there? I'm using six inch, six inch okay. just because I wanted the, the biggest size I could find. But you can you can make anything, especially if if you're living in a forested area where there's lots of trees. Uh, you could just go out there and take a mold of a stump. Uh, it would take no more than a day. Just go visit it a couple of times during the day and put a little bit more on there until it's 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 thick enough. And then you can start making your own stumps. It's a great way to hide things. You don't have to dig a hole or anything like that unless you wanted to or you have permission to do that. It's above ground and uh, I, people really enjoy it. It's, it's a very unique kind of hide. And so, yeah, definitely if, you, if you're ambitious enough, try and make one of these. Uh, you'll really like it and I think others will really like it as well. Yeah, I was come up with an idea as we're sitting here that I would like to try and it's going to be a combination of a stump and a rock. And just like the other one with the RFID reader, I'd you can embed that RFID yeah. card in a fake rock, and they'd have to take it around the stump somewhere until oh, it pops the latch. Because those will read through, I believe, an inch and a half to two inches of wood. So I don't know wow. it's concrete, but it would, yeah, I think it would read. It's <laughs> really so. That'd be a great way to do it. Yeah. So here's a question. Okay, so the, the lid that you have there is, you said it was wood. Um, how do you keep it from falling in? Oh yeah, and so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of come up to the camera here real quick. 
It looks like he has a bevel of his six-inch pipe there exposed. So That's when I put the pipe in, you can see right here, uh, I cut a, the, a cut a section of the pipe off uh, about an inch thick, and um, and I sectioned it into four sections so that and then I then I glued it or I mean I uh, taped it in there with with tape on the inside so that I can literally pry these out. Uh, oh, hey, you know what? I'm going to try and pull the one I have out right here. Okay, so I did you um, cut that piece of six inch that that little bit you had there out after you molded it so you can mold to it and then would you use like a Dremel to to go inside and cut it out? Yeah, so I started out. So let's let's see if this will work. This will be fun. So there's actually cement on here, but right below it, this is the one I just pulled out of the mold, and so I'm gonna bash out. There's a, there's a plywood top on here. And so I'm going to see if I can actually pull those little sections out so you can see how it worked. So let me show it to you beforehand. So it looks like it's just solid concrete, but the, the, that tube is actually in there and pressing up against that. So here goes nothing. This is how I did my last one. There we go. <laughs> that was fun. So you use duct tape to, to go over the top there? Yeah. So, uh, oh, a piece of wood. So this is a piece of wood that I put over it, <laughs> really dusty. And so I just put little screws in it. And so let me show you, uh, let me pull off some of this tape and you can see what I did. You can see it a little clearer. So this is a really good way of doing it. So it's like, how do you get uh, the top? So you can see that tube goes all the way up to the top here. But so how did I do it? Let me see if I can see the, there it is, yeah. So let me come up to the camera here. I'm getting all dusty. So I sectioned this. And so let's see, here's one right here. Okay, yeah, I see it there. Yep. Right, right there. So that's a little gap in there. And so that helps me. So let me, let me pull it out of there. So um, it take just one second. So, for those who are listening right. to the podcast and not watching it, he's taking the, I don't know if it's a screwdriver or a chisel, and he's pulling yeah, out a, a, function, a section of the, the pipe. Yeah, so let me pull it out. So, I put it, so it's just it's just taped on to the top of the original tube, um, and it's about one inch of, of the tube. Let's see if I can get it out. Here it comes. Oh. There we go. It's always harder when you're trying to do this live, right, Chad? Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that someone mentioned earlier, have him stand on one of his rocks. And I was like, nah, you don't want to do that because that will be the time that you have that your failure. You've never had an issue before, and it will break. So, so these are these are the little pieces that all come out. You can see how uh, they they just kind of I just taped them on the inside of the tube. And uh, you can pull each one of these out. There's another. So they come out pretty easy after you get the first one out. And uh, so that's how you do it. And so what you end up with, let's see what I do with the other. Oh, there it is. So and so, you, oh, go ahead. Go, no, go ahead, Chad. Oh, there it is. And you, you get that recess right there. And here's, right. and this is actually PVC right here. So when you put that in, it can rest on it right there. There you go. 
No problems. That's really cool. So I know that, um, and they do have these in California, but Tap Plastics does carry, I think, most of the material to, to make these. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's where I, I, I go to a mold making shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's plastics does. It's where I buy my pieces of acrylic to cut off pieces. Oh, um, yeah. I, I've also, for a pipe like that, six-inch pipe, four-inch pipe, you know, drainage pipe, you can get bigger. Um, if you see a place that's doing construction, they'll have cutoff pieces that they're going to oh, throw yeah. away. If you just go in there and say, hey, can I have these? They usually give them to you, right? They yeah. Otherwise, they have to pay to, to dispose of them. Yeah, I, I think I bought uh, a two-foot-long section out of uh, just my local hardware store. I don't know if you have a Lowe's, but here on the on the West Coast, it's just a hardware store that they, they use it for drainage, I think. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, it was about $15 for two feet, and I've made three uh, three stumps out of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the Home Depot here has them. I just bought some the other day, actually, for my koi pond, um, and it was uh, – six inch two foot but it was abs is what they had but it was it was 18 bucks yeah anything's good yeah it would work so one last thing one little detail i did on this is how do i make this look like uh somebody had cut down the tree i took epoxy add a little bit of brown paint just enough to color it like the color of honey and i would drizzle it into the crack <coughs> excuse me drizzle it into the crack so that it looked like tree sap had started to ooze out of the uh, these these cracks in here uh, to give the effect that it still was fresh when it was cut. Uh, worked great um, along with the, so bird poo and and epoxy. Yeah, yeah, that works great. So I just kind of just took a little spoon and just kind of drizzle it around around the edges too. Sells it every time. Nice. Yeah, it's always in those details that is going to sell sell That's these caches. It. <laughs> that's the weird thing about well it's not the weird thing people notice things that don't look right they couldn't tell you what it is but they know when something doesn't look quite right and they will zero right in on it and so it's it is those details that really sells it and it's why i've got this uh this one out there for almost six years now and only geocachers know uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's really a lot of fun to make these, especially when they can they can survive. I've got uh, I've got a lot of caches like that uh, that are in areas where school kids are walking by every day, and so yeah, I love the challenge of making things like that so that they look like they belong, uh, but they're actually geocaches, and and so and people love to find those as well. So it's not just the adventure of making something like this and owning it. Uh, but it's also the fun of reading the the uh, logs that people have and how much fun they had finding it. And uh, it's a different container than they've ever seen. So that's always a lot of fun and, and just kind of keeps me going. Yeah. I, I can't recall finding something like this. This is no, I have a great either. creative catch. I definitely yeah. would give it a favorite point. Yes. I mean, it's and even if it wasn't a gadget and you had this really cool container like this, and hidden in plain sight, and people are, like you said, walking by it, using it as a footrest, doing all these different <laughs> things on this thing, and it's actually a, a fake log or rock, and I just think that's really cool. Yeah. It adds a lot to the game. We have a quick question here for you. Yeah. Oh, we both hit it at the same time. <laughs> go ahead. Go, Derek. Okay. <laughs> have you wrapped the concrete touching side of the removable shim pieces with parchment paper to make uh, removing easier? Just wondering if that would work. That's a really good idea. Uh, I have used duct tape like that 
Uh, that worked pretty well. Uh, it, it, it made kind of a pretty good uh, nonstick surface. Um, one thing, oh, that's one thing that I, I need to bring up. So the reason this is, I'm replacing this cache is because this, the concrete started to dry out and the tube started migrating up. So the tube was actually sticking out of the top of the cache because the, the concrete had shrunk a little bit. And so it, it wasn't staying put. And so uh, one thing that you should always remember is just put some little short screws in the PVC tube. Uh, and then when you're casting the concrete around it, it has something to grab onto. And that's the only reason I've had to replace this cache is because the tube started to come up out of the log. Uh, this, this bright uh, turquoise colored tube. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> that, that's a good point. I mean, everything expands and contracts at different temperatures, right? right and different rates. Yeah. Uh, so that's a good point. Putting those screws in there is, it's not giving it rebar, but it's giving it something to grab so it doesn't quite expand. Yeah. Um, and hopefully it won't crack the concrete, depending on right. how much, because yeah. your plastic's going to expand more than your concrete. Yeah. That's another great reason to use the, uh, the, uh, the fiberglass. Fiberglass. Yeah. Because yeah. it holds it all together. So the thing about concrete, it's great in compression. And for you engineering people, it's great when you're squeezing it down, but when you're trying to stretch it out, it'll crack pretty easy. And so that's where the fiberglass reinforcement really works. And you can buy fiberglass reinforced concrete. Uh, you can actually buy it like that. There already has the fiberglass in it. These are used for making like stepping stones and uh, other things like that for casting for items around your house but that take a lot of uh, wear and tear that's pretty thin. And so you can actually buy it like that already. So if you look for, let's see, fiberglass, so FGC something, fiberglass reinforced concrete, uh, you can probably find it in your hardware store as well. So you don't have to go buy uh, extra fiberglass. You can just buy it ready-made like that. And that works pretty well. I've done that. It works good. Yeah, I know we've used that quite a bit in uh, pouring slabs. Oh yeah, yeah. You, get, you know, you have the, you have the fiberglass pieces sticking up, and so you go back and burn them off. Yeah, but yeah. Exactly. Thing, that was the question I actually had was if you, you might have went over it, I might have missed it. Was how much concrete uh, per part did you put in versus uh, fiberglass? Uh, met, uh, the the chopped fiberglass. So in the picture, I just took like a handful, just about as much as I can hold in my hand, uh, for about this much concrete, uh, and just threw it in there. So. It has quite a bit in there because I, as this um, plastic tends to expand a little bit more than, than other uh, materials, probably expands more than concrete. And so I wanted to just give it uh, a little more extra strength. So I added a little bit more concrete than I typically do. That way it keeps it from cracking. Or if it does crack, it, it keeps it to a minimum and pieces won't come off. So the last one that I had out there for six months, I think it had one minor crack like around here or something like that, but it's still held together just fine if it wasn't for having nothing to grab onto. That's right. one, of the, one of those things you learn, you know, you're building the cash and you don't, you don't think about that when you're yeah. building it, right? So uh, well, that's why I'm doing this. I want to give you all my secrets because <laughs> I want everyone to do this too. Yes. All right. So here's a question. When you hide it, do you mark it as, uh, as an other container when you're actually publishing your cash? That's a good question. Um, that, I've always done it as a traditional. Um, get, or a, the size, the size of it. Oh, the size of it. Oh, uh, yeah, it's definitely. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I guess it's like uh, whoever you think you know. 
for me, I always try to find like regular versions. Other is a little too mysterious for me. So I try to think if somebody else was trying to find it, what would they be looking for? Uh, so you could definitely do this as other if you want to make it a little trickier to find. Uh, and to be honest, yeah, uh, I could. This would definitely be a great uh, hide in it just in itself uh, for any kind of a log or cache. And this is a travel bug hotel, and uh, it works great for that. That's really cool. So the the concrete they'd be looking for uh, complete would be GFRC. Yep, GFRC. That's it. Yep. So glass reinforced well. concrete. Um, yeah, that has the, the fiber last. And so, like I said, a lot of people make pavers out of that. Anything that's that's going to be like that thick and have lots of people walking on it and wheelbarrows and all that stuff, you definitely want to have something that uh, can handle that kind of thing. So that's why they reinforce it. Right. And we, had a, and we had another test. Uh, don't forget to wear your gloves when casting. Fiberglass splinters hurt. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I always wear the rubber gloves because it'll really dry out your hands. Uh, and you'll feel it for like a day if you don't. Uh, even now though you wash your hands, your hands will just feel they're like there's something on there and you can't get rid of it. So it's very caustic. Well, it's not caustic, but it, yeah, it's best to basically keep, best to keep that, that liquid concrete off of your hands. Once it dries, it's fine. Right. That's really good advice. That's another, another tip I should share. Yes. Yes. Well, I have really enjoyed this night and seeing the how actually how easy this actually is because it looks yeah. something that would be really complicated. And to me, it's like, well, I, I maybe have to go and do another build just to hide this because this is an element where either rocks or tree stumps that you can pretty much hide anywhere if you make a mold out of it. Take, yeah. So I think that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. It's it was interesting, easier than I thought. Easy yeah, enough, definitely. I could probably make it. Um, yeah, be just do it. Make some rocks. Uh, go go mold. Uh, if you find a stump, go mold it and go try it. Uh, it it'll work great. You'll love it. That's awesome. So, um, do you want to just because it's getting here to be a little bit late? Do you want to go ahead and let everybody know um, where you're located and and what your caching name is and maybe how they can find some of your caches? So, it's from you can see on my uh, my name there, it's Rumba Cats. R-O-O-M-B, uh, cats, C-A-T-S. So it's a, it's a husband and wife team. Uh, my wife uh, does a great job at, at making the rocks. Uh, I was making the, uh, the stumps. Uh, we're both into geocaching. So if you look for Roomba cats uh, when you're doing your filters, you can find my caches. You'll find most of them in the Palmdale, Lancaster area. So it's north of Los Angeles, uh, about 30 miles, I think, or probably a bit more than that. But if you come, all of my caches are located in one, or most of them are located in one location. And so you can find 50 caches because the next one's 528 feet away. And so I have them in, in one location. It's a great place to go. Uh, so please come up, find my caches. I think you'll really like them. Uh, if you've seen my other show uh, on the Gadget Talk, you'll, you'll, you will have seen a lot of the caches I've done. And so, uh, Yes, please. You can also find me on, on uh, actually, I just started doing TikTok. I have one video on there. If you look up Rumba Cats, you'll find it there. Uh, on Under Facebook, you'll find my name, Doug Ross. So uh, Doug is in uh, 
past tense of dig, you know, D O U T and Ross. Dress for less. I don't know. But uh, go ahead and look for me there and just look under geocaching and you'll find me. I have a lot of my, my, my spoilers on there. You can take a look and see them and see how I make them. I love it. I love to watch other people take my ideas and make, it, make their own cash out of them. I, I highly, I absolutely love seeing that. I am so flattered that somebody liked my caches enough to try to create another one. Uh, especially if they take the idea and make it even better. So if you like my caches, feel free to make one just like it. Uh, on Instagram, it's Roomba Cats, all lowercase. So uh, you can find a lot of my geocaches there. I still have probably 20 or 30 videos I still need to add there, but there's quite a few of them there. So I think you'll really like them. Please check it out. Uh, and please tell me if you want to make one yourself. I'll do everything I can to help you. That's great. And, you know, you will help people so much. You'll actually do a podcast showing how to make it with parts list, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, I yeah, will... we'll get that part list up in the next day or so as soon as we yeah. get it. Yeah. And we'll put that out there on there. Right. Yeah, and I... I'll, also try to, I'll try to make a video on the step-by-step -step for making one of these as well as a rock. That'll be cool. Yeah. Great. So, um, so Dan uh, wants to know if there's any fake rocks in Colorado. I'm thinking you haven't hidden any there, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> that might be tough. There's a lot of rocks in Colorado. Yeah. Yeah, that would that would be pretty tricky, yeah. So yeah. great. Well, I miss your cat tonight. Last time it was all over the, the table. <laughs> I had to lock my door. She came in like twice. <laughs> <laughs> ah. yeah. So it, it's, if you do one of these rocks, of course tag Doug uh, Doug in this or and then also tag us at uh, Geocaching Podcast on Instagram. Uh, we'd love to see what you do, see how you're hiding them up. Um, if you have any other things that you want us to talk about, uh, send us an email at gadgettalkpodcast at gmail.com. Um, and like I said, we'll get the, the uh, parts list up in the next day or so. Uh, that way you can see um, the list of how what you're going to need for this. And also, don't forget we have a build coming up at the end of this month. And... Chad, what are we doing? Have, I know we haven't completely decided, but what can we give them a little bit of a hint of what we are looking at doing? I have a couple of different options depending on what parts come in first, um, but it's going to be some sort of decipher uh, using uh, maybe the container we built last last week uh, in an Amacan. Now, of course, if we use the container, the acrylic one, you can build that on a birdhouse, anything you want. Um, we're just trying to make it, you know, we're putting in something that typically it's easier to hide than a birdhouse. Right. Um, but, you know, again, um, we're doing that. And then, um, yeah, that's at the end of this month. Um, there may be something happening in the middle of this month, a special gadget talk. There may we're be. waiting on some confirmations. Yeah, exactly. Um, be a really good one. Uh, be on a off day from our normal cash talk or gadget talk. But, uh, you know, hopefully we'll have confirmation on Sunday and, and uh, the uh, Gary and um, Memphis. Uh, Memphis. Yeah, thanks. Uh, can uh, <laughs> mention, I was trying not to say his first name, uh, but Gary in Memphis uh, can sit there and talk, uh, tell you guys about it. Um, that'll be fun. And again, if, if you guys like the show, make sure you hit the like button at the bottom of the page here and follow us. Subscribe to the podcast now. You know, we're part of the Geocache Talk Network. There's lots of different geocaching podcasts for every need or anything you like in geocaching. Um, so make sure you check those out as well. 
And they're also looking for some new blogs and go to the website geocachetalk.com and see how you can submit that. Angie, who puts the blog out there, is does a fantastic job, and we're always looking for different blogs. And hey, um, Doug, maybe that's what you could do. You could write a blog, a step step by on the blog about how you created these rocks, and maybe some of the funny stories and that we could put up on the Geocache yeah, Talk that Network awesome. blog. I'd enjoy that. So, but yeah. I want to thank you, Doug, for being with us tonight. So this was been like I said, I really enjoyed this, and um, I did not realize exactly where you lived. And I, we'll talk to you off air here in just a second. But, <laughs> but so, yeah. So that's I'm looking forward to it. And this was a lot of fun. And I've got to build some of these caches that really rock. Yeah, I have my, I have an idea already. So I already mentioned it, but I'm going to see if I can make that work. Um, again, <laughs> if that. anybody builds one of these, make sure you send us a, a picture of it at the Gadget Talk Podcast at Gmail dot com. Uh, uh, email, and uh, we'll post it on our our uh, Instagram, our Facebook page. And then we'll we'll put out the geocache code if you give it and see if we can kind of promote it a little bit for you. Yep. So, well, it's been right. a pleasure. Uh, thank you so much for having me on. Well, thanks thank for coming on. Really appreciate it. It was a great show. Yes, thank you. And everybody, we will see you later in the month for that build. All right. Good night. Good night, everybody.